Welcome to the Building Texas Business Podcast. Interviews with thought leaders and organizational visionaries from across industry. Join us as we talk about the latest trends, challenges, and growth opportunities to take your business to the next level. The Building Texas Business Podcast is brought to you by Boyer Miller, providing counsel beyond expectations. Find out how we can make a meaningful difference to your business at BoyerMiller.com. And by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Discover more at yourpodcast.team. Now here's your host, Chris Hanslick. Kelly, I want to thank you for being here, taking time out of your day. I know you're busy, but uh, really looking forward to getting to know you better through this uh, podcast interview. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it, it, I've listened to almost all your podcasts, and they're, they're, they're awesome. They're great. I mean, you get a lot of, a lot of good stories. Well, I appreciate that feedback. So tell us a little bit, I guess, uh, you're the CEO of Harvey Builders. Tell us, what do you believe Harvey Builders is known for? So we're our, we are a full-service general contractor, but and most people... We're a commercial general contractor. Most people don't really fully understand that, but we're probably you probably recognize us from a tower crane sticking up in the air with a Harvey sign on it, or a blue fence around a construction site with a Harvey sign on it. But we've been in we've been in Houston, Texas since 1957, and we have offices three other places in the country, and uh, we we build a little bit of everything. We build commercial office buildings, we build uh, high rise residential, we build life science buildings, parking garages, hospitals. Schools, mostly private schools, some churches, just a little bit of everything. We, we like to build things, and our guys get a kick out of challenges, so that's what we do. Very good. So how long have you been with the company? I've been with the company for, tw- I'm going on year 29 now. I started, I had two other jobs right out of college, and I started uh, probably in 1993. So Okay. And then you became CEO when? 2018, I was named the CEO. I started as an assistant project manager in 1993 and worked my way up, just worked hard. And I guess someone took notice along the way and, and promoted me to CEO. Yeah. So I mean, that's a that's an incredible journey with a company and proving yourself along the way. What's been the kind of the inspiration for you to be in the construction business, I guess, to start, but more importantly, to stay in it for this long and with the same company? So when I came to work for Harvey in 93, I had a good job with a good construction company and I wasn't looking for a job. A couple of guys talked me into coming over and interviewing and I weighed my, made me an offer and I weighed my options and saw, thought, you know, this company's been in business for a long time. It's probably better for my career. It's a tough business. The commercial construction business is really tough. It's hard. You've got to really want to do it. And you know, the people that I work with, the mentoring, the training, everything about our company is, in my opinion, is top notch. And I couldn't be at a better place for the construction world. So are there formal kind of mentor mentor programs or training programs that have been in place at Harvey or that you've tried to put in place? Uh, we had some formal, we had formal mentoring, formal training, both in place. We've tried to, to make them more robust. We have a training program for our new hires that lasts all year long. It's a, it's actually a three-year training program, but you go every Friday afternoon for the first year of your employment, and then thereafter, it's maybe every two or three weeks, and we have a formal program that we put in place three or four years ago, and it's working great. We get good feedback. We have a what we call foundations, an introductory when all the new hires twice a year come in for a two- or three-day get-together and learn about the company, learn about what we do, how we do it, and all the people that lead the company. 
So tell me more about this. The foundation, is that the name of the program? That, or? Yeah, okay. that, that is the name of the program. We originally called it Boot Camp, but we thought that wasn't, <laughs> that didn't sound good. It was a little harsh. So we named it Foundations. And really, it goes along with what we do. You know, we build a lot of foundations for buildings, et cetera. So it's kind of the starting point for working for Harvey. And, and we bring people in from all over the country that, that work for us. So I like that connection to Foundations as a builder and as starting as an employee. Exactly. So... You became CEO in 2018, I guess two years or less into it, you know, COVID hits. My understanding is you got over 600 employees across the country. What are some of the things that that you've implemented in the last two years to help retain your employees? So our, if we go back and look at our history, our largest retention rate of employees is from our new hires. Somebody that comes to work with, to us right out of college or right out of the trades, they get to learn, quote, the Harvey way, and they tend to stick around. Um, you know, in, in our business, it's a tough business. You've got to have what I guess what a lot of people call grit. You've got to have a lot of moxie to, to want to stay in it because sometimes you're working 40 hours a week. Sometimes you're working 80 hours a week and probably no different than a law firm, right? It could be that way, up yeah. and down, right? Right. But but some of our guys, they get up at, you know, it's poor concrete. Some of the guys get up at one thirty. I was with some guys last week. They got up at one thirty in the morning to pour uh, level seven of a concrete structure. And they might be working till five or six o'clock that evening. Wow. So it, it's, a, it's a lot of work, a lot of hard work, but it's very rewarding. And, uh, you know, we try to make it a fun place to work for our employees and give them all the accolades because it's really, we're, we're successful if they're successful. That's the thing I think is so important to communicate as a leader is we need each other to be successful when you're thinking about being in a company and working together, right, to create that team mentality. Right. I, I tell my I tell young people all the time, I, well, when we interview them, I ask them if they ever played any team sports or they're part of the band in high school or part of the choir or whatever, because what we do daily in business, whether it's construction or other companies, it's a team uh, Sport, right? Yeah. Everybody has to work together to be successful. So when you think about, you know, the environment there, there's lots of people talk about culture in a company. What do you believe or how would you describe the culture at Harvey uh, since you've been around and you know, how has it evolved, if it's evolved or changed? You know, everybody says their culture is kind of like a family, but ours is. and our, It's a team environment. There's no... Uh, politics, so to speak. There's no backbiting. There's people who are working together. It takes, doesn't, it, there's no one person that's ever built a building. It takes everybody working together, whether it's our, all of our employees working together or working with the architect, the engineers, the owners, the developers, etc. So it's really a team environment and everybody's out for the greater good of each other. Everybody wants to succeed and everybody wants others to succeed. So that's great. And I, I guess you've got leadership team underneath you or anything that you have implemented in the, say the last two years or, or since taking over CEO to really stay connected with them and encourage them to stay connected to their reports? Well, to be honest with you, I have the title as CEO, but we all work together. We, we you know, I may have the, 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 the certain title, but our executive team and our directors and some of our senior managers, we all work together. We meet weekly. We meet, sometimes we meet daily and, and we feed off each other and, and we, we help each other. And, and it's not a dictatorship by any means. We're all, mm. we all have, everyone has input and everyone has a say in what we do and, and we make decisions together. So, okay. 
it, it's worked out well. And uh, we, you know, when COVID hit, we had a COVID task force that would meet every day for the first maybe the year. We we get on a conference call and and meet every day about what's going on. But since then, that's that's changed to maybe once a week. But everybody worked together, and everybody's looking out for the greater good, making decisions together. Yeah, it occurred to me as you were giving that answer that during COVID, excuse me, given the business you're in, you and your key folks had to keep coming into the office, I assume, to keep your business going, even though you had people out in the field as well. How did that yeah, look? Yeah, so, you know, you, you, I'm sure you recall how, quote, scary it was up front in the beginning, but we were deemed an essential business and we never stopped. We, we never stopped building. We have... Between our people and our subcontractors and trade contractors, we have between three to 5,000 or people on our job sites every day across the country. Because I, wow. I, I tallied this up at, at some point to try to understand what we're up against. And trying to keep those people safe and the the rules and the, the safety measures we put in place, it, it all worked. You know, we never trended higher than than the, the COVID trends in the country. As a matter of fact, we were considerably lower. We had our executive team and some of our senior managers that, that were adamant about coming into the office every day. We did. We came into the office every day. Not everybody. We sent some people home for a couple of months, but our guys in the field continued to work and continued to work safely. And, and I felt compelled that uh, myself and a few of the other guys would go out to the job sites with them and show our support. Yeah. You had to be proud of your team in that moment. Extremely proud. Our, our guys did such a great job, such a great job. I mean, it, it was tough for a while, but everybody did well. Everybody did well. Flourished. So you talked a little bit about you know how things run there. Just from a personal perspective, what's your philosophy on You know, there's a lot of philosophies, and I'm more of a simple person. I, and I think respect, fairness, honesty, integrity, and have a little fun every day at work. You know, you have to, it becomes a grind after a while, but you have to have a little fun, have fun with your people, lead by example. We, we have a saying, Kevin Rogge, our president, and I have a saying, you, you got to be willing to get your hands dirty. So, yeah. so you need to be willing to do whatever your employees are, are going to do every day. Jump in and, and help out. I've been known to get on a uh, concrete sweeper on job sites at the end of a project. You know? <laughs> uh, all, some of our other executives have been known to pictures of one of them on his hands and knees scrubbing grout joints in a in a building trying to get it turned over so though i those images i mean when your employees see you willing to do that has to just you can't put a price on that right yeah yeah <clears throat> and we're, we're not all perfect but uh, you know having working hard and having a little fun it's always what it's about i think it'll serve you well seemingly so the we talked a little bit about i guess leadership along the way has there been anything where, you know, I've, I've talked on this podcast before about failures or, or mistakes that leaders have made, learned from, and, and become better? Is there anything for you that comes to mind, one or two examples of where maybe in the moment you're like, God, I really, I fumbled that one, but the recovery and the learning has made you better? Well, <clears throat> I'm in the construction business, so it's all about problems, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, our, one of our big jobs is solving problems and, and trying to head problems up before they come. But yeah, I've made, we've made a lot of mistakes, especially me. I've made a lot of mistakes over the years. Our, our goal is to learn from our mistakes and not do it twice, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I can't pinpoint any certain one. You know, when I first got out of college and working in the business, I made plenty of mistakes and kind of got my hand slapped for it. But but you use it as a learning experience and, and you know, made, made a few mistakes in hiring certain people. Our, our, like I said earlier, our, our best hired practice comes from 
the the youth, the the people coming out of college, the interns, the trade professionals. We haven't had as much luck with the seasoned veterans over the years for some reason because we do things a little bit different. But you know, if I was to say what I've learned from mistakes is is when you have someone that doesn't fit in or not cutting the not doing their taking care of business like they should, you need to cut bait real quick, right? You know, I think it's one of the biggest challenges for leaders is that lesson of once you know you've got an issue, the faster you move, the better. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in maybe trying to give them a second, third, fourth chance, and it, it rarely works out. Right. It, it rarely does work out. But I learned that early on, you know, many years ago. And we'll give them a second chance if we think they'll fit in some other role or respond with some other responsibilities. And sometimes it works out, but usually it doesn't. <laughs> you have a gut feel. Have you had, you, know, you you mentioned the better success with the younger hires out of college or out of an intern program versus, I guess, laterals that have been in the, any indicators as to why that is that you've kind of learned over the years or? Like I said, we have a pretty, uh, we have a really good training program and we do our work a little different than our competitors or, or some of our peers in the industry. And not to say that our way is right and their way is wrong, yeah, just to say we do it a little bit different. And a lot of the, the seasoned veterans have learned a different way and they can't, you can't untrain them and what they've been trained sometimes. Right. So that, that's really what it is. We, we think the way we do business is the best, but our competitors probably think they do the sure. best. So. Well, it's, it's your way, right? So yeah. you're going to be proud of it. No reason you shouldn't be. So when we're talking to business owners and entrepreneurs, I always like to ask, you know, you've learned a lot over the years. Some, some of our listeners are out there starting a business or maybe just took one over. What are two or three tips or points of advice that you would share based on, on your learning, both, I guess, educationally, but more in the school of hard knocks out there doing it? Well, I think one of the more important things with a business owner, business leader is come to work every day. You know, you don't want to be that invisible leader that's never around. People take what I've learned over the, the years is if, if you're someone's boss or their leader, people pay attention more to you than you realize they do. They look and watch everything you do. Be seen, be heard. More importantly to that is listen to your people. Listen to listen to the listen to uh, what people have to say. People will appreciate that. Um, and I said earlier, be willing to get your hands dirty. Don't think you're above any position or any role in your company, and, and be a little empathetic every once in a while. I'll tell you when we when Hurricane Harvey hit back in seventeen, I guess. Yeah. We took a poll on all of our employees in Houston, Texas which is roughly 500 and something. We, we do, we sell perform work, so we have a lot of hourly employees that are actually carpenters, laborers, iron workers, et cetera. But we took a poll and to see who was affected by the hurricane. And, and the empathy part comes in, we actually paid and used our resources to get people's houses fixed or get their cars fixed or, you know, pay them to pay them while they're not at work, getting working on their house. But we had put a pool of money together and repaired everybody's houses and cars, all of our employees. Wow. So, and, and that goes, That's a long way. that goes a long way. And, 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 and the grand so. scheme of things for our company, it's nothing for them. It was great. It was a meaningful difference yeah. in their life. And I think to your point, right, it's an incredible demonstration of empathy, but and and I don't know if it went into the calculus, but I could see where, Hey, if we take time to do this for them, it, 
it's going to make our business better in the long run, right? right? There won't be one. They won't be distracted because their houses and homes will be back intact, and you got a lot of goodwill out of that, right? And, and on top of that, you know, we have a whole group of carpenters and laborers, and we have the like the the manpower to go get it done for them as well. Yeah. So, so with this, I mean, I love what you said about don't be an invisible leader and, and listening. It, what do you do, or what systems do you have in place? to elicit the feedback, you know, so that you can listen to what they're saying. Is there anything formal or what, if not, what, what are the informal ways that you kind of keep your finger on the pulse? So we, we do live in a kinder, gentler world these days, right? <laughs> Especially when it comes to construction. We, we do have, we have a formal mentor program where, where someone that's not associated with the employee, they can speak out to talk. We have a hotline, actually. We have a hotline that people can call if they have an issue. We have a a very robust HR department that, that helps in that respect. I have actually, in the last couple of years, I've started sitting down with the new hires and getting to know them one-on-one or two-on-one. Really, I usually get grab two of them and get to know them a little bit just so they know me, so they know, so I know them and, and our doors are always open so they don't feel threatened to come sit on top. That's great. I mean, I, that has to go a long way with these young new hires and you're taking time to actually you know, get to know them you know it's it's interesting i, I learned a, you learn a lot of interesting thing about things about people like that i, I had one of the young people their, their parents were undercover dea agents in south america you know, oh my gosh running drugs and things we, we we get to i get to hear some really interesting stories of one of the one of the young men he immigrated from bosnia when he was a young person getting away from the war in bosnia Herzegovina, and his parents made their way starting in a factory and made their way up he graduated from college and now he's got a great job working hard and interesting stuff that i learned from these young people oh i bet i think there's always learning i think in everything we do but i agree there's a lot of learning we get here when we do things and we engage the younger attorneys we have and they bring a fresh perspective kind of like you were saying there's no old ways that you know they're locked into necessarily so they, they seem to think a little more freer and you can find value once you want to maybe try to apply and it's, it's a good way to help your company evolve right so right so on the lead, staying on the leadership train I'm always interested to know what are you doing to make sure you're continue to hone your leadership skills are there books you read you know other podcasts you might listen to or seminars what are you doing in that regard to kind of you know Stay at the top of your game. Well, number one, I've listened to the Building Texas Business Podcast <laughs> over and over. Yeah, there you go. I didn't pay for that, but that, thank you. You know, I've been lucky having great leaders in our organization over the years. Started with Dave Harvey Sr. and a guy named Charlie Brown and Bill Little in turn turned to David Harvey Jr. and Joe Cleary. And I get access to those two guys every single day at work. I also, I, I read a few books here and there. I can't really name them all. That There's probably don't want to name them all. I read some <laughs> for pleasure books and I read some leadership books, but I, I just try to grab from every resource I can, whether it's somebody that's in a different business, you know, somebody's in the insurance business, somebody's in the banking business. Just, I, I just quiz people all the time. Yeah. That's good. So you always have to be inquisitive. You have to ask. I tell my kids all the time, ask questions. You don't know everything. Just ask questions. Even if you think you know it, ask questions. See what they say. Right. I mean, there's just what I would describe as being curious. Always be curious. Right. Continue to ask questions. And yeah, I mean, even if you don't think 
you like the answer, you're going to learn something from it. And it sounds like you've mentioned, you know, four or five gentlemen in your kind of life and career. I, all those you kind of consider mentors? I, I consider David Harvey Jr., Joe Cleary, uh, my, my old boss that hired me at Harvey 29 years ago, who, who's He's now gone, but Bill Little, uh, a gentleman named Ron Murray, who's retired now. I've learned a lot from those guys and some of our superintendents. Some of our guys that run our field our projects in the field, they may not have a college education, or some of them, they've had some hard knocks along the way in their life, but they have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to construction. Yeah. Wealth of knowledge. And I think you know, another lesson that you're speaking to there, that, that people in your company – you want to know, but certainly you mentioned your children. You can learn from everybody. Oh yeah, right. It's yeah. not just someone above you that you think's a mentor. You you can learn from every from everybody in all walks of life. No doubt. No and doubt. and I, I think I tend to agree with you on the not just trying to learn from people in your industry, but outside your industry. And then how do you how can you apply that to your industry? Because they see the world differently. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So you know, when you think about your role as a leader in a company, what's something that maybe in your professional life you're the most proud of or something you've accomplished that you know you, you kind of look around and go, that was a really good thing. Yeah, so in the construction world, we're lucky because we have something tangible. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I grew up in the business as a project manager and, and doing that, uh, some of the projects you can still, we can still drive around town and see some of the projects we've built and that I had a hand in. I, I tell people, I tell young people all the time, like, you're going to know everything about that building from top to bottom. You're going to know what plug does what, what how to turn this breaker off, etc. And, and you're going to be proud of that. And you're going to drive around with your kids one day and your wife, and you're going to say, oh, I did that back in 2022. And, and they're going to roll their eyes because they're tired of hearing you <laughs> talk about the buildings that you've built. You know, So I'm very proud of what we've done as a company in my career, some of the buildings we've built and some of the relationships we've made along the way with the owners and the architects and developers, et cetera. So that leads me to the most obvious next question. What are you know two or three that you were maybe project manager on buildings that are here in the Houston area that you you drove in the wife and kids by and they rolled their eyes with you? <laughs> so I'll tell you probably I've had a lot of good projects over the years. We did the Anadarko Towers, which are now Oxy Towers and Woodlands Towers up in the Woodlands. Some of the large buildings downtown, 609 Main, BG Group Place. One of the most fun projects I think I did over the years was Faust Distributing. Okay. Don Faust passed away last year, but his two sons run Faust Distributing. It's a beer distributorship on the east side of town. And if you've ever driven by it, it looks kind of like a Santa Fe style building with palm trees everywhere because Mr. Faust liked palm trees. And they had to be the nicest group of people I'd ever worked with. Yeah. Mr. Faust himself was just an awesome gentleman. And, and his whole group out of Faust Distributing, great people. They were so appreciative of everything we did every day. As a matter of fact, Mr. Faust used to come out and give our superintendent a case of beer every Friday afternoon. <laughs> so that became your superintendent's favorite project <laughs> ever exactly. as well. I had, when we did additions to his building out there, all the superintendents were fighting over doing the, doing the job. So. Well, it's funny you mention that because Don Jr. happens to be a close personal friend of really? mine. And Great guy. You couldn't have described the character of that family better. Right. Uh, so that's awesome interesting. Awesome group. We'll tell him he's going to have to tune in on this episode. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about business. You talked about in, in the importance of having fun. What are some of the things that 
you do at work to make sure that people are having fun or there's some levity to what you're doing, even though what you do is very serious, right? Building these buildings. Yeah. You know, I try to get around and talk to the people and, and have a little fun with them. But we do, you know, the COVID kind of put the squash on everything. And everybody was, I don't want to say they were all depressed, but it was kind of a depressing time for the whole country, right? Sure. And so now that we've come out of that, we've started doing chili cook-off. We did a, we had a chili cook-off last Thursday at our office. Just whoever wanted to join up, uh, bring a pot of chili, and we're going to have a contest. You awesome. Know, different things to, to grow our culture a little bit more and get everybody to know each other. We, we've tried, you know, we bought lunch for the whole office. We've done a lot of different things in the last few months that we, we're trying to play catch-up on the last couple of years. So. Yeah. Well, I think you're no different than most companies. I know we're doing the same. We I talk in terms of finding ways to reestablish connections because before COVID we were together a lot and we did fun things and no one had qualms about it. And right. we went through almost a two year period where people were hesitant or, you know, to do those right. things. And I think you know, my, my experiences were, were, we're moving beyond that in a good way. I mean, yeah. people are gathering in large functions, but it, you know, here we're doing the same thing. We had to do more happy hours and things to where we can just gather together. Right. Reconnect. Yeah. I think our young guys had a paintball competition last Friday. So it's just, they invited me at the last minute. It, you politely declined? I, I declined. I've been hit by those before. They don't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on a personal level, yeah, what do you do to try to unwind and relax? So my family, my wife and my kids are diehard snow skiers. So we, we try to go snow skiing as much as possible. Um I like to do a little bird hunting. I like to do a little fishing. You know, just family time, whatever that might be. My, my wife and daughter, since my son's been off of college, my wife and daughter try to get me to go shopping with them quite a bit. I, I pat, politely pass on that. Right. But, you know, just outdoors yeah. type activities, anything that, that we can do. Shopping, you're happy to pay for it, but just don't want to participate in? <laughs> Most of the time, I'm happy to pay for it. Yeah. So you started in this uh, construction industry at an early age, but what was your first job? Interestingly enough, I'll tell you what my second job was first. My second job, when I was 15, I went to the grocery store with my grand or with my mom. And I walked up to the counter and asked for a job and asked, told me how to be 16. I said, sure, I'm 16. So I, I was a sacker at Kroger grocery store to begin with. But prior to that, I was, I, I guess you could say I was a little entrepreneur. My family or parents, friends would come over to our house and I would always at, hit them up and my grandmother would come on and said, you want me to wash your car? Wash and wash your car for $20. So I was constantly hitting up my parents, our relatives and parents' friends for cleaning their cars to make a little extra money. Plus, I could drive it down to the car wash. I get to drive a little bit. Yeah. Okay. 10, 14 years old. I like that. Yeah, we. That's funny. So, so I, I, I bag groceries at, in College Station, Texas. At, it's called Skaggs Alpha Beta. Across yeah, from, yeah. I used, to grow, I used to shop there. Yeah, right across from A&M. So uh, did that for... <laughs> A few summers, you know, in Texas, and, and back then, I look at the kids now; they get to wear shorts. We had to wear like black jeans, yeah, uh, black shoes, black in, jeans in the summer. It was miserable, but you know, it was a way to make money. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, I ask uh, people, you know, this is Texas-based podcast. You've heard uh, some of the episodes, so you know it's coming. Tex-Mex or barbecue? You know, I'm going to ride the fence. I love them both, but if I truly had to pick, I'd probably pick Tex-Mex. 
maybe with a brisket enchilada or brisket taco or something, right? right. You know, with all these great restaurants and things here in Houston, now we have so many people combining those, right? So we right. best of both worlds. I, I was telling uh, someone earlier that I just went down the street over here the other day and had lunch at a uh, great Tex-Mex place that, that uh, the barbecue place was two doors down at the same thing. Yeah, yeah, the pit room owned, was it Calin? Candente. Candente. It was great. It was great. I don't know the owners, but I'm, I guess that's a plug for them. There you go. Well, they'll take it. No, <laughs> their food is good. And then, yeah, I was curious to know if you could do a sabbatical. Take a month sabbatical. Where would you go and what would you do? If I was to have a month sabbatical, that would be great. I'd go to the mountains for a couple of weeks and I'd bounce over to the beach for a couple of weeks. That's <laughs> the honest to goodness truth. Sounds like a good time to me. Yeah. Any yeah. beaches in particular? Something where I could fish. Something where I could hang out in some place where I could fish. No, none in particular. I mean, you know, somewhere Belize, Mexico, you know, Central America, something like that. All right. Well, they, um, sorry, Kelly, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been great to hear your story and what you're doing at Harvey Builders. The, like I said, see your signs all around town, so you're all doing something right, for sure. I appreciate you having me. It's a great podcast and, and enjoy talking to you. Thank you. And there we have it, another great episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at BoyerMiller.com forward slash podcast. And you can find out more about all the ways our firm can help you at BoyerMiller.com. That's it for this episode. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.